Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Era News. I'm Rich Fay and I am joined once again by Samuel Luckhurst. Hello. And by Scott McTominay himself, Charlotte Dunker. Hello. It's nice to have you back on the podcast, both of you. Thanks for um, having us. It wasn't the win against Burnley early in the week, Samuel. It seems a while ago now, the Tuesday night game at Old Trafford, but the unbeaten run continues under Solskjaer. I guess it depends how you want to look at it. Um, United are still unbeaten under him, but it was a more dogged approach from United and uh, it looked like his team selection backfired. And, and predictably so. Uh, there's, there's only so long you can get away by heavily rotating teams. He completely justified it at Arsenal, whereby Sanchez Lukaku in particular came in and, and were very good. Uh, but you got the impression that they worked quite hard on the tactical side of that. And you know, with Arsenal as well, United have, have done them on counter-attack so many times. It's, it's as if they could even have Bebe on a counter-attack and they'd, they'd score against them. Uh, whereas with Burnley, it's, it's a different set up Burnley very you know compact dogged as you said I just thought that there was an element of complacency bringing Pereira in um, he's he's a very tidy footballer he's, 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 he's very skillful at times I just don't think the Premier League pace is is, is suit, he's suited to that um I mean, he's, he's a great example of how meaningless pre-season matches are, given how well he did in pre-season. But he's not been overwhelmed by City and Liverpool. He's been overwhelmed by Brighton and Burnley now this season. Uh, I just don't think he's quite up to it for United. Uh, he's 23 now as well. He's still not... He's nowhere near regular. He's, you feel he's lucky to still get on the bench most weeks. So uh, I think he could have a very good career elsewhere, but the time I think has come for him to move on and just just moving Rashford I mean who'd have thought two months ago we'd be talking about how ineffective Rashford was coming from the left when he should have been playing up front uh, Lukaku and, and Sanchez and Link, I think Lingard most of all made it tick at Arsenal but given the form Rashford's in it, it, I found that quite peculiar and it, it just seemed too diplomatic of Solskjaer I know that he's had the Midas touch recently but there's only so long you're going to have that. The only upside from it was that, of course, it was a great, um, you know, quite a stirring finale from United. I think because when they did make it 2-1, there was a sense that they could really, you know, equalise. And when they equalised, there was still that belief that they would go on and win it. Uh, I suppose it's, it's worth saying that United were 2-0 down against yeah. Burnley last season and got a 2-2 draw. And the, the biggest, the most glaring omission from the starting lineup was Lingard. Um, I mean, he's just indispensable at the moment. He really does make that. He's probably the least um, least talented of, of of the main attackers, but he's, he's arguably the most important because he just knits it together and he's so intelligent and intuitive with his movement. Uh, there's there's very little more you can say to rhapsodise about him. He's he's been exceptional I think under Solskjaer even in games when he's been you know as we were saying recently like 6 out of 10 performances but he just supplements it so well so that will be the learning curve for Solskjaer from the game in that I think the more you look at it this squad however well it's done recently it's still very much a case of quantity over quality they are going to need to reinforce in key areas in the summer and there are certain players in that squad who just are not up to it there just didn't seem any reason for him to rotate I didn't think they played on the Friday night and then it was Tuesday night and the next game Sunday there's going to become a time where the games are going to be 
Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday sort of thing. And you think, yeah, there's going to be fatigue in there. And there was a suggestion that Lingard had a bit of a niggle, but I just think... He didn't say he, Solskjaer didn't say that that was the reason why he was on the bench. He he just said though there was he needs to rotate. Some players are getting he did say some players are getting a bit tired. I think, but yeah, I just thought like someone said, interesting team selection from him, and, and it sort of backfired. If he, he'd started with the team that he seemed to pick as his first eleven that we've seen in the Premier League, I think they would have won convincingly. Yeah, I think that that Herrera's absence in the field yeah. stopped yeah, that definitely. sort of momentum. Wasn't I'm not sure the exact quote, Samuel, but a few weeks ago wasn't Solskjaer asked about rotation or something. And he said we don't need to worry about that or something. I can't remember the exact quote, but there was some sort of throwaway comment in which he said the, the relevant one was last week. Um, a reporter kind of made the strange claim like the Burnley game was straight after Arsenal and he yeah. cut him off and he said it's not straight after it's four Got, days yeah, exactly. later which made it quite ironic that he then did a lot of changes at Arsenal and then a lot of changes at Burnley now of course tiredness is going to play a part I think if, if Lingard was actually injured then he wouldn't have been on the bench yeah. um, he, he should have come on a lot earlier as well in the game um, given, given you know, Sanchez got a goal I know, I know Lukaku got the two assists at Arsenal but you look at that attack when you saw Rashford Mata Lukaku it just looked a little bit too cumbersome uh, I was very surprised Mata stayed on the pitch he's, he's a very good footballer we, we're, we're all very well aware of his merits but he's turning 31 soon pace has never been his forte uh, they're still trying to crowbar him in on the right hand side I know he's not playing as a right winger but there were certain games I think where you are justified in playing him I just didn't think Burnley was the one for him given that Burnley have had a bit of a resurgence recently Um, they look a lot you know a lot more well drilled under Dyche as well and it's just the, just the element that in the Premier League year at United have never done the double against them and I think this is three years on the trot now that, that Burnley have, have drawn at Old Trafford so as, as Solskjaer said it's a learning curve for him uh, I think it, I think if anything given the result uh, that Chelsea suffered he'll, he'll possibly be a bit more frustrated by it because that was a really big chance to, to close the gap on them yeah, sure. I guess I guess you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. If you're gonna maybe lose your momentum and lose your winning run, to do it and still get a point against a side who haven't tasted defeat in five league games now, maybe do you think there's maybe maybe a bit of an over exaggeration of people wanting to see Solskjaer maybe falter. I think as well the way the manner in which they fought back there's plenty you can see why they're remaining positive about it because it was seemed to be at the end it was one point gain rather than two points lost given that it was the 87th minute wasn't it the penalty yeah so 2-0 down in the 87th minute to come away with a point then and it's the vintage United thing the fighting back the sort of thing that fans <clears throat> love it's another thing to add on his CV isn't it mm-hmm. like yeah. can you come back from 2-0 down yes tick okay they didn't win like but... Mourinho did against Newcastle yeah I'm October. not I'm not being <laughs> negative against I've, I've got to Mourinho. provide the context I mean, Mourinho did Jose's it. biggest fan to my right I mean Mourinho did it against Juventus away so yeah that's I, the point that was, that's, that's the highlight of the season I'd but I mean Solskjaer's come in hasn't he with nothing on he's, yeah. he's got to add all these things to prove to Ed Woodward why he should get this job and this is he's done, done another thing it's, it's the manner of the way they fought back as well rather than hoiking it to the big man they, yeah. they did it in a pretty the constructive big man way there. well exactly we'll, we'll get onto that at yeah. a later point but I think for United supporters it's, it's more stirring seeing them try and break down teams through a very um, 
you know, it's, it's, it was quite high tempo, still trying to shift the ball from left to right, crosses coming in, but not just hoiking it into the area and hoping that Fellaini's going to um, come up trumps again. And it's things like when the... Um when Lindelof scored his goal, he went and he grabbed, yeah, grabbed like the ball the and he right, ran ran straight back to try and kick off again. John Moss didn't give the full five minutes of added time. I'm not suggesting that they would have scored in the last 15 seconds, but surely there should have been another minute added on for the goal that they scored in extra time. But yeah, it's been an extra 30 say. seconds, or so, especially if there wasn't a celebration like said from yeah, Lindelof. So I think that's that's another positive for fans to see players like that showing the passion, the United way, just want to get the third goal but disappointing in the we all said we all thought it'd be a walk in the park and it'd be another easy three points but still positive to take from it yeah I guess one person who wouldn't complain about the had on time was Sean Dyche after the game his comments were <laughs> controversial amongst United fans with Samuel he said that the, the there should have been five minutes added on he said when it's three minutes you sense okay maybe they could get something but he said that once the five minutes were up he sort of got this feeling around Old Trafford they knew they could get the comeback complete it was down to Burnley time wasting quite a large portion of those five minutes yeah I mean Dyche is starting to get um, a reputation for being quite contrary and patronising somebody actually asked him about the reception Sam Vokes got from Burnley fans at the end uh, and said does that mean he's leaving and Deitch was like well weren't they all getting it and of course Sam Vokes is about to leave Burnley now uh, I mean some of my colleagues there said I don't know where he got five minutes from as well they thought it was excessive I thought Given the amount of time wasting that went on, it was it was perfectly fair. I think with sub, I think the the unwritten rule, if you like, is that with substitutions, it's kind of like thirty seconds per sub. There must have been four or five. I think United made two. Burnley might have made three. Um, goals going in as well, mm. taking into account those stoppages, and then the general time wasting. I think five was probably the minimum uh, that was required. Again, with I mean. John Moss, I think, is is consistently the worst referee in the Premier League, but it's not just he who's at fault with this. Referees should just book goalkeepers for time wasting in the first half, and then it's an immediate deterrent. Uh, it does go on in first halves. Uh, my, my, my dad was in attendance for the Burnley Boxing Day game last season. He's still seething about Nick Pope's uh, time wasting. So it's it's definitely the done thing at Burnley, but a lot of opposition teams do it. Uh, you do just feels though if referees booked a goalkeeper in the first half then it's the perfect deterrent and also the game's going to be more fluid the ball's going to be in play more um, I mean there was a point I think in the 90s Sky used to show how often the ball was actually in play over 90 mm. minutes and you were amazed just how how little, how little it was uh, so it's the fans who miss out on things like that but uh, I mean, it's also gone under the radar that I think John Moss stopped a United attack as well at the end. I think there was yeah, an attempted he did. He pass and he got in the way. Yeah. Um, he's, he's not the most nimble of referees, shall we say. But My yeah. favourite thing about all that was um, the Liverpool fans uh, were crying about United's penalty. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of... Saying, saying, oh, if this had been Salah, that he would have would have been all over Twitter about what a terrible human he is. But because it's Jesse Lingard, no one has anyone anything to say about it. There's there's possibly some element of truth to it. I think Salah's reputation is he's built that reputation himself, though. He he has. I don't think it's it's a difficult one because there's such a 
Liverpool have been the media darlings for, for so many years now that I don't think Salah gets as much of a rough ride as they think he does. I don't think it's anything like what Ronaldo used to get. But there is there does tend to be a divide. If it's an English player who's gone to the ground a little easily, mm. then it's not going to get as much exposure. The, the best example of that recently would be Vardy's dive. I can't remember the opposition um, that Leicester were playing, but that was... That was appalling, and and he didn't even get booked for it. Whereas I suppose with Salah, because because he is a foreign player, I think they do, they are penalised. Uh, and he keeps a bit doing more it often. And and there's there's that. I'm a top well. league. <laughs> yeah, so, but, and they're Liverpool. <laughs> I mean, Lingard probably you know he probably did exaggerate it a little bit, but when when Hendricks did what he did, he, he was asking for trouble. And Lingard, I'm struggling to remember him feigning agony before as well like that yeah but it's also interesting I remember watching I watched the FA Cup on Monday night and there was a Barnet player who was criticised for not going down in the box when he was under pressure so it's just a lose-lose situation as, a, yeah. as an attacker I mean if United are there 2-0 two, two down and he gets contact but doesn't go down in the box United fans might say oh good sportsmanship yeah. but it doesn't count for it if they lose their, the unbeaten run Gary Neville said they, there was a learning curve for him when he was in the youth team. They went to a foreign tournament and they were making the, the continental fouls, if you like. I, there wasn't a lot of contact, but the foreign players were going down very easily. They were winning free kicks. And Eric Harrison said, well, what do you expect? He wasn't. He, he had no problem with the referee doing it. He said, you've just got to adapt to those uh, those scenarios. And there's, there's an element of that as well, I would imagine. We shall see. But you're still confident in Solskjaer, Charlotte, after after that? Or do you think it was maybe a reality check, a reality check for some United fans? No, I don't think the reality check's come yet. We're, yet. we're still waiting for that one. You're still waving, um, riding the wave. Yeah, I, I think if you need luck on your side, and I'm not saying United didn't deserve a point out of the game against Burnley, but if heads had been down and attitudes were different, they wouldn't have fought back and got that point. And I think that is testament to him isn't it the the mood in the camp and the attitudes have changed we shall see well we will see this weekend as well when United take on Leicester how long that can go that will be in a different podcast right now it's already magically the half time section of the podcast my favourite which means we've got a teaser mainly for Charlotte Dunk we've already had bets off air if she'll get right or wrong so therefore I'm because I don't condone betting I'm not going to answer the question no exactly Exactly. well you will answer the question but there will be nothing Samuel's going to answer the question okay well considering it's the transfer deadline day today we'll have all the roundup on transfers later the question here is who was the first January signing United ever made after the introduction of the January window in the 2002-2003 season we'll be back after the break and I expect answers right away Hello and welcome back to the Manchester is Red podcast. Just before the break, we asked you who was the first January signing United ever made after the introduction of the January window in the 2002-2003 season. Ash, I got this right within 10 seconds once you asked me. So I'm expecting two correct guesses here. I'm phoning a friend and my friend is Samuel. (laughs) I'm not sure that's allowed. I'm bringing the new rules into this podcast. Okay. Yeah, let's go. Saha. No. <laughs> is it not? I don't know the answer. I'm told it's not. I'm I can't believe that you've got one wrong. <laughs> the answer what? I was given and the answer I went with was Dong Fang Zhu. 
Oh, I don't know about is that. that. Are you sure? I think that, that's definitely a Is it going to have to go to timeline. Google? <laughs> it's got to go to VAR. Okay, let's go take it. Ash- Google was my source. Google's <laughs> Ash's source producer. Who was Manchester United's first January transfer signing? Well, it would be... So it would be the... It, it sounds was, like Ask Chiefs. It was only a few days between Saha and Dong Okay, so we want to know who signed first Saha so or Dong. On a technicality, it might be, it might be Dong Feng <laughs> Shui. <laughs> Technicality. This could be, this could be historic. Signing date. I mean, this point doesn't make for a good podcast. Charlotte googling. Sorry. Carry on. Carry on with the chat, and then I might interject once I've got the answer. Well, nice enough. Speaking of China, Marin Fellaini's off there himself. Samuel, it's gonna be a teary-eyed farewell when he finally leaves. The uh, Chinese window's open for a, a few more weeks, I believe, isn't it? Or at least a few more days. So, uh, I think until the 28th of February. So they have. They've got a while with it, but I think because of the Chinese New Year uh, festivities, they want to conclude it quite quite quickly because apparently that that does take people out of their um, their working pattern. Yeah, the uh, the farewell Flaney hashtag I'm sure will be trending on Friday. <laughs> he he flew out um, on, on Thursday morning, so given the given just how long it takes to fly to China and the time difference. It wouldn't be a surprise if it's formally announced on, on Friday, but he's he's completed a medical. The deal's been agreed between the clubs. Uh, it's it's just subject to him agreeing personal terms, but I think he's agreed personal terms, so it's just a case of him going out there, being paraded, and that's that's him gone from United. Hashtag Fellaini Friday. Do you have any special memories of Fellaini? Uh, I'd say... I'd say the, the his performance at Anfield in March, uh, March two thousand and fifteen, yeah. that which is is the best performance United have had at Liverpool in the last twenty years, and he was excellent that day. Uh, he was very very good. Um, I think what's kind of forgotten with Fellaini was that when he came into that United squad, it was a very lightweight squad, and it did need beefing up. The problem, of course, was that they didn't sign anybody else, so he was easily scapegoated on the back of that. If he was you know, if he was supplemented by Fabregas or Thiago or, or both of them, which were the players that United were looking at that summer, then I think he would have been remembered more fondly. Uh, beyond that Liverpool game, I thought he was excellent in the Cup semi-final in 2016. He had a really, really good mm. game. Uh, not just the goal he scored, he, 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 there was a block I think he made at 1-1. I can't remember the Everton player, but it was a real brilliant piece of last ditch defending and he's been he's been a useful player for United I don't think anybody can knock his professionalism three goals in uh, semi-finals and three different competitions he started the FA Cup final and the Europa League final so given his given his ability and certainly he's not regarded as you know the kind of like your archetypal United player I think he's actually made a good fist of, of his time at the club and looking at the signings post-Ferguson he for what he's given United he has to be regarded as, as one of the best which get that is cause for laughter yeah. and, and, and crying I think we'll have to get that soundbite clipped if we can Ash because that sounds fantastic but yeah it's true I think he's always been someone who's sort of he just epitomises the post-Ferguson years at United which is always going to be a blotch on his notebook really everyone's got to say oh he's because he thrived into three managers who didn't ever bring the league title to United maybe he'll summarise their spell at the club Charlotte yourself any Fellaini memories are you sad to see him go or do you think it's about time Um, I think it's about time but I also think it's interesting now that they've done it in January rather than in the summer I think the offer still would have been there from China in the summer and if you look at the way Pereira played and 
hey what else have you got Fred the thing I thought it was that was interesting about Solskjaer's comments about Andres Pereira was Andres Pereira got a game because of the way he impresses in training if Andreas Pereira is impressing more than Fred in training and that, that's the sort of performance he puts in, what level of performance is Fred putting in at training? That's that's what would concern me about those comments. But So you've got Fred, Andreas Pereira, Scott McTominay. One of them's earned a new contract, one of them's earning games and one of them can't even get in the squad. Well, yeah, and McTominay's back in the 23s. Andreas Pereira didn't perform well. You wouldn't want to put him in for the next Premier League game and Fred he's not trusted yet to go in the starting 11. So the concern is if you get, if one of Herrera, Pogba, Matic gets injured before the end of the season, James Garner's on the bench every week, could be the making of him, fair enough. But I can can see why everyone's happy that Fellaini's left. I don't think it's his fault that he epitomises a style of play that United fans don't want to see their team play in. Like Samuel says, he has been useful, but um, I think my abiding memory of Fellaini, for personal reasons, will be the time he gave away that penalty Everton. at uh, Everton. <laughs> um, <laughs> so unfortunately, it's gonna he's going to sour sour memory for me. I think that was only the, the second zero out of 10 rating I gave, which in fairness, he was only on for 10 minutes, but it was... Uh, it was abysmal. horrendous. It was minutes. literally yeah. disastrous. Who got your other zero out of ten? Uh, that was Chris Smalling in the four 0 defeat at Chelsea, where he was literally culpable for, for all four <laughs> goals. Well, but the the mitigation with that, as he later came out and said, was that I think he was playing with a broken toe. So I felt a pang. Give him a one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pushed it up a bit. Up it up. <laughs> um, by the one. way, the quiz question. Um, oh, I don't know if we you were it. right. Yeah, Rich was right. Not sure I get a prize. It for was that. he signed on the twelfth and Sahar signed on the twenty third. There you go. Of the same. That. I'll tell mm. that's a victory. Not sure what's a victory <laughs> for. But. You beat Samuel at a quiz. I think that's quite a big moral victory to take. Maybe that's the headline for the podcast. Maybe, maybe Samuel. I'm never going to let him live this down. I'm happy to pass <laughs> the baton on to you. To oh, you can have it back. Don't worry. <laughs> the relay race is is run now. Um, in terms of a transfer news as well, the big news that United fans have been waiting for. That's Anthony Marshall has finally signed his new contract at the club. Um, and it's been a real whirlwind 12 months for him, really, at United, the way he's transformed it. He might not be one of the more consistent performers yet, but he's got a huge cult following. The fans love him. and uh, he, Cult, he, indeed, yeah. <laughs> but it's good for United to uh, to have the asset uh, tied down for another five years as well. He's He has the capabilities to become a world-class player. Uh, in, in the summer... United were vehemently against selling him. Uh, Mourinho was only open to selling him because Marshall did want to leave. I, I can imagine Marshall felt kind of marginalised just by Mourinho trying to sign even Perisic, trying to sign Willian. Uh, I think from United's perspective, I can completely understand why they were just not going to cash in on a player they invested up to £58 million in who was only 23 and given the form he has showed in, in search of his United career and in fairness to Marshall uh, he, he was one of Mourinho's main whipping boys him and Luke Shaw but when the going got tough uh, he really got going this season he played uh, I thought certainly in that period between early October to uh, late late November he was excellent. I think he, he's probably still a candidate to be the player of the year. He's, he's not been hitting the heights quite as much recently. Uh, but it was an interesting dynamic he had with Mourinho. Mourinho genuinely did sympathise when he first uh, took over at United managing Marshall. Uh, Marshall was going through some 
domestic issues, to put it mildly. There was a kiss and tell done in by his former partner, I think the opening weekend of that 2016-17 season. And Mourinho was starting him at the start of that season, but he felt that his focus was, was impaired by what was going on at home. And come the next summer, Perisic was the one Mourinho really, really wanted, I think maybe more so than, than Griezmann. He got, obviously got Matic, Lukaku, Lindelof, but Perisic was one he felt could make a massive difference, which is understandable because they had a target man, they yeah. Lukaku, and they didn't have a natural winger. Uh, the irony was United created quite a lot of goals from from crosses and Young came into the team and was doing well and Marshall was doing well with Rashford. Uh, but then obviously Alexis Sanchez came in, that put Marshall's nose out of joint, but in fairness to Mourinho, he was trying to accommodate both of them. It was only when Marshall got injured that he, he came out of the side. But by that point, I think bringing Sanchez in, that, that was just not going to go down well with him and uh, his agent made it quite clear in June that he wanted to leave. But the problem they had Marshall's camp that is was that just as you saw in the summer so many clubs were reluctant to go with market inflation and that Tottenham were the, the one club who contacted Ed Woodward directly to ask about Marshall speaks volumes because he was never ever going to go there there's no way United were going to allow you know, Tottenham to take one of their best players off them and that had a knock-on effect on the Toby Alderweireld side of things as well because Woodward didn't really want to get into that conversation and it's worked out for them in one respect because Marshall's been good this season. Uh, you'd certainly say he's, he's still very much a first teamer. Uh, you know, even taking into account the whole central defensive thing, you know, they're going to look beyond Alderweireld in the summer. That's pretty obvious now. Uh, but I think given the position United were in, they've they've handled it pretty well. And also, just I, mean, I think everybody knew Mourinho was onto a losing battle at the start of the season when you've got Pogba who's twenty five, Marshall who was twenty two, turning twenty three. Um, they were long term. Mourinho is a man who is synonymous mm-hmm. with short term. Those two players were empowered by the Zidane speculation, uh, even the Pochettino speculation as well. Given that he wanted Marshall in at Spurs, but. Solskjaer's come in and again he's another player who, could, who you just sorry not another player another manager who you could just see hissing it off with Marshall and Pogba and he has done and certainly I mean he might not stay at United until 2024 but if they are to sell him they're going to get an awful lot of money for him yeah since his debut in September 2015 Marshall's been directly involved in more goals than any other Manchester United player uh, surely must be delighted to see him sign a new long-term deal at the club yeah, I think it's good that they're giving these young players long deals and they, this, he's a sort of player, him, Pogba, that you want to build your team around. And if you've, we haven't seen it yet, but he's got the potential to become a world-class player. And I think it's another positive um, on for Solskjaer because today everyone's rejoicing the fact that he's got rid of Fellaini, the player who epitomises everything they don't want United to play like and Martial, who is everything they do want their team to play like. It's just, it's all carries on with a nice positive feel around the club at the minute. Yeah, sure, I guess it, it's a positive as well for Marshall because there are no certainties about who the next permanent manager will be at United, but the fact that United, the board at least see that he's integral to whoever takes over must be a, a real confidence boost for him. Yeah, because Solskjaer said himself, didn't he, he's not, he's not involved, really been involved in any of the contracts because someone asked him about it the other day, didn't he, like who's going to be going out? Is anyone going to be going out on loan? And he was like, well, I don't really, have, I'm not having that much to do with it. So... Although obviously Solskjaer's hit it off with Anthony Marshall, you know that the decisions ultimately come from above his head. And like you say, 
those above there aren't going anywhere. So yeah, it's really positive news for him. Yeah, Samuel, I guess the other question, this is going to be so quickly outdated, but do you expect any more transfer activity? It's what the fans all want to know, but just Joel Pereira, you know, the fourth choice goalkeeper going out on loan again. Um, I've, in fairness, I spoke to uh, Simon Peach of PA, who knows people at Fulham from when he was working in London, and he said that Fosu Mensah has had offers to to go elsewhere on loan. It's just been knocking them back, which I don't think particularly reflects very well on him. Um, some of the things I've been told about Fosu Mensah don't reflect well on him either. It's it's a bit, it's a shame given how well he did when he first got into the United first team and yeah it would help if certain managers knew that he was a midfielder rather than a right back but uh, he's he's got far too comfortable and it's not even complacency it's just he's falling into the trappings of a lot of a lot of modern footballers um, I mean the, the point been made by, by Solskjaer earlier I mean you know he didn't have anything to do with McTominay's contract being signed off of course Marshall was in talks I think since August but an instance like with by selling Fellaini, um, Ashley Young is 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 someone who Solskjaer values an awful lot, and the feeling in his camp is he will sign a one year contract as well. It, it does; these are indications that this guy might actually get the job permanently. I mean, he said last week he is planning for next season, regardless. And when uh, the, the reporter told, "So you are planning for next season?" He tried to kind of like be very modest yeah. about it. But it's very clear that he's he's trying to mould a squad that he will manage next season. And as as I've said previously, I think however much United fans' opinion does hold sway, as as it should do with with Ed Woodward and the Glazers, I think what probably matters more to them is what the players think. And the players think Solskjaer's yeah. top class with them. That could change. I mean, they could go on an awful run between now and the end of the season and they might decide, right, we, we need Pochettino in. But if it carries on like this between now and, and the end of the end of the season the players still feel the same way about Solskjaer who's in the process been planning for the next season it, it seems logical uh, to, to go in his direction rather than just you know rip it up and start all over again yeah it's interesting I guess if you were to take it from December to maybe May he's only just over one fifth of the way through his his spell at United so like you said maybe easy to get carried away right now but I guess finally Charlotte how it stands right now do you think Solskjaer is is the man in control of his own destiny to get the United job on a permanent basis yeah if he carries on the way that he's going then it's going to be hard for them to argue to bring in anyone else but like you say there's a very long way to go till the end of the season there is a long way to go to the season. We will see how it uh, all pans out this weekend as well against Leicester. And I've just been passed a note by the producer who says we're doing a part two tomorrow to reflect on transfer deadline day. Not sure what we'll have to bring you there and look ahead to that game against Leicester. So if you aren't subscribed already, please make sure you do and join us again on Friday when we're back once again. Samuel, Charlotte, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Once thank again. you. Oh, it wasn't quite in sync that time, was it? No, it wasn't quite in sync. Ladies first. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I won the quiz. That's all that matters. Thank you very much for joining us on the Manchester is Red podcast. Please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already. And remember, you can tweet in your questions to any of us and we will get them on, net, on tomorrow's show.